podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to your final edition of the Res Review Audio Magazine for the season. Yeah, this is the end of the 2018-19 season. So, uh, yeah, here we are, our our final one, um, covering all things Liverpool Football Club here on uh, Anfield Index. And it is myself, Andy Wales, of course, joined as ever by my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr Guy Drinkle. How are we doing, Guy? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, bit a little. Obviously, there's there's tinges, more than a tinge of disappointment. But but there's reasons to be optimistic. There's reasons to be uh, to be positive and hopeful. I think so. It's um, it, it's a good time to be a Liverpool fan. That's what that's what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, getting ninety million points, it, it should be enough to win any season. It's just. We're up against Man City, who other podcasts will discuss their means of getting money and such and such things. But <laughs> uh, we're up against a team that pretty much got is perfect in 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 what they do in the league, and yeah, we were just a smidge off perfect, um, and that that should be enough to win you the league any year, really. Yeah, you kind of think that you know, even if we got the the absolute maximum one hundred and fourteen points, that somehow Man City would have. Managed to also finish on 114 points, even though it should mathematically be impossible, and then beat us on mm. goal difference. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm sure they'd have been able to buy six points from somewhere. Ah, oh, they'd just take. Well, Everton and Man United would probably just give them three points each or something, wouldn't they? <laughs> oh, dearie me. So, yeah, look, we've we've got a lot to cover in this show. Uh, as always, you know we we look back on the pre- on the month that's just come, uh, just been, I should say, and look ahead to the month that's coming up. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to look back on May, um, on on the matches in May, give out our awards as we normally would. But then we're going to take a take a look back on the the season itself, have a review of the season. We've got our season awards that we put out on Twitter as well. There's goal of the season, player of the season, um, performances the season there's there's plenty in there uh, we're going to be taking them in as well as all the usual uh, segments uh, with the academy um, the FPL stuff trivia and we've got some predictions to make so we can catch up and see how our prediction league finished up and, and maybe make some predictions for next season so uh, plenty to discuss but let, let's kick things off then guy uh, May started on a bit of a sour note I think there's no other way to put it um, a really heartbreaking note, uh, the Champions League semi-final, away to Barcelona. It was, on on the whole, it was a good performance, but somehow we got beat 3-0. And um, I pretty much felt that's it, we're done. But I did have a teeny-weeny little bit of hope in me. But you have to admit, did, did, be honest now, did you... Did you have any hope at all when that final whistle went? Because it was heartbreaking, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, I, I'd given up on the tie. <laughs> it was, um, I was, I thought we were done. I thought that was pretty much the season over in all regards because I wasn't expecting City to drop points. So I was just thinking, as soon as that game finished, I was just wanting football to be finished for the season. And then to start the malaise of summer where you just, like, really miss football, even though you've just not suffered, but you guys just had it non-stop for, how, for like, eight months or whatever it is. It's just, ah, oh, it's weird what football, it's weird what football does to you. It's the only sport that can do stuff like this to you. It's just mental. Just absolutely mental. But, yeah, I definitely, I, I never thought we'd come back. I mean, I thought we'd win at Anfield. But no chance we would have won four nil or I think what was it would have been five one or whatever. I'd never thought we'd do that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that the the start of the month. That as you said, we played well, and they just scored three goals and two of them were jammy and Messi's free kick. I know it took a deflection off Gomez if I remember correctly, but it's just still a moment of magic. But yeah, they scored proper two jammy crappy goals. And that moment of magic, and you're just thinking, surely they can't bottle it two years in a row with a free goal lead, and we didn't even have the away goal. So yeah, I just un- unspeakably brilliant in the Anfield tie. But yeah, I thought it was dead. Yeah, it was. It was, it, it was gut wrenching in terms of a result. Yeah, we we had sort we really did have some good chances to come up, come away with something. I think we we impressed a lot of people in the way that we actually performed. Uh, and yeah, you know, little bits and pieces to pick out and whatnot. And I think it was a it was a night for us to learn and and grow and mature and take on as part of our experience and our building that that we are. And this is the thing we we are still an evolving and a building and the developing squad. We're still learning how we get to where we want to be. So it was gut wrenching, but it did mean that off the back of that 3-0 defeat, that, yeah, we were looking for any crumbs of comfort and, and it was back to the Premier League. And I think, I, I it sounds like you, you were pretty similar to me, felt that, look, we've just got to keep winning and then if something happens to City, however unlikely it seems, if something happens, at least we're there to capitalise and, and keep our end of the bargain. And... We went to Newcastle, and and it certainly wasn't plain sailing. And all the talk of Rafa, you know, doing us favours and all that, it certainly never transpired that way. Because three-two win, it was um, it was nerve-wracking stuff. I, I found. Yeah, I mean, it was a real, 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 real struggle that game. I mean, I think we got an earlyish goal, didn't we? If I remember correctly, and then. All of a sudden, Newcastle just went, ah, screw it, we'll just become the best team ever. <laughs> just decided to smash us. I mean, Solomon Rondon, I mean, he's just funny. And he just turned, it's a whole, it's a crappy, horrendous phrase. And I don't like it, but he did turn on beast mode in that game. <laughs> it was terrifying. But yeah, they they just took it to a level I didn't think a team like that I'd have to be honest I know we, we didn't exactly play brilliantly um but yeah I mean what what a what a struggle of a game that wasn't it it felt that moment that win felt like de- oh god I'm gonna sound like a right twat here <laughs> it's gonna I thought it'd be like destiny and city would screw up I'm not I can't remember if this was before their Leicester game or whatever but you I, I I just felt this was a moment 
an almost crowning moment. And it obviously didn't turn out like that, but it was a huge, huge game. Um, and yeah, <laughs> that Origi own goal, whatever the hell it was classified as eventually, I just so bloody happy. Yeah, it felt good. Uh, it was before that Leicester game, yeah, where unfortunately Leicester decided to not do the things that they were really good at, as in counter-attack, <laughs> and mm. instead try and uh, build up very slowly from the back. Uh, uh, yeah, they they got a lot of praise for their performance, but for me, uh, uh, I know it's going off on a tangent, but I... Mm. I I thought Leicester had opportunities to to hurt City, and they didn't take them because they weren't direct enough, and they they didn't mm. transition quick enough. They they took their time with the ball, and it it didn't really suit their players, and it didn't suit what the, what their strengths really are. And and brought on any actual, which is never a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you just oh. yeah, you talk about destiny. I think it's almost like there's a destiny for you, isn't it? That um, I think I do honestly believe if that was if Claude Puel was in charge of Leicester, his approach would have would have uh, got them something on the night because City didn't look entirely comfortable. They found, they looked as though they were finding the pressure a little bit difficult. So mm. who knows? Maybe there maybe there's there's crumbs of comfort there for us and a bit of hope for the future that um, you know if we can continue to pile the pressure on them next year. That uh, they they won't um, they won't deal with it quite so well. But anyway, anyway, off the back of that win, uh, we go back to Anfield, and it's that night against Barcelona. Um, oh, <laughs> what 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 can you say, guy? I mean, nobody nobody expected that. I, I, like you said, you know, expected probably expected us to win, expected us to do something, uh, and at and and I was kind of thing thinking that you know it could happen because as we mentioned in the preview you know they did have previous with Roma last season uh, they don't always travel away too well Anfield's a bit different and maybe we can make them rock and stumble a little bit but I was thinking what first and foremost we need to restore some pride get a good performance in there and even if if you know we narrowly narrowly went out at least restore some pride uh, and show that you know, we're not just going to bend over and get pushed over and bullied and, and cast aside. Um, Jesus, 4-0. Uh, just unbelievable, wasn't it? 4-0 without our best attacker, in my opinion. Our player who gets the... How do you how do you describe Bobby Firmino? He gets described as the the keyest, the most key, keyest, the most key player. <laughs> the keyest, in, the keyest, <laughs> the most like key, <laughs> the most key player in a system in Bobby Firmino and Mo Salah. And we're playing Divock Origi, the successor to Colo Torre's meme fraud, and Shakiri, who's not played since December or played any oh, important. Yeah, yeah, he's made a few yeah. brief. He's not not started for a while though, has he? Mm. He's not played a real role since December, anyway. And we did that. Trent Alexander Arnold with one of the best fullback performances I've seen in my lifetime, attacking and defensively. I mean, Barca didn't offer too much going forward in the second half, but I remember first half, Alison Becker 
second most expensive goalie. I keep forget. I always forget Kepa got um, bought for more somehow. But yeah, Allison. Which is nice. That's yeah, good of them to do yeah, that. It's, lo- it's lovely. It's lovely. Uh, he's not as good. <laughs> but Allison, uh, just it was There wasn't any huge mega saves, but it just on the occasion making those saves look pretty much easy as anything. It's just so impressive and Messi wasn't having a 10 out of 10 game but he was playing all right in the first half like I think he created most of their chances he had to himself and after that we kind of just shut him down because Fabinho Fabinho was on a different level (laughs) he just I think people probably going into it saying don't rile up Luis Suarez People should not rile up Fabinho because he is an angry man. <laughs> he, I think he got an early booking and then just went, oh, I'll just put in a 10 out of 10 performance. It's fine. Easy as. And yeah, I mean, Fabinho, I, mean, some, I, I think it was a, I think it was like a, a parody account, but I saw someone saying Fabinho is like one of our worst signings ever and he's been awful this season. I don't know how. I, I'm guessing he's taken the mick. But Fabinho, for me, I know we're getting on to signing of the season and stuff. He's been yeah, so, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll such a transformative player. Such yeah. a transformative and, player. And, and is, it's important to point out, Alisson, because there was a really good save from Messi. There was another save, which was a bit Tim effort from Coutinho. There was a, there was a 1v1. He, you know, he, he made some important saves. When we needed him on that night in order to help keep that clean sheet, he made some important saves. And... And I don't think you can underestimate his contribution throughout the season, and especially in the Champions League, because I always think back to that PSG game when we lost. If it wasn't for Allison, we'd have conceded two or three goals more, and we would not have gone through because we only sneaked through with that win over uh, over Napoli. And without Allison's saves in Paris, I think we'd have we'd have exited. At the group stage, so well, it's save against Napoli as well. We would be talking about the Europa yeah. League final right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd all be we'd all be going mad about having to travel to Baku and yeah. only getting um, about two hundred and fifty tickets. So, yeah, I, I think it cannot be underestimated, and certainly should not be forgotten. You know, amongst all the celebrated goals and the fantastic performances and attacking displays that our goalkeeper has really really stood stood up to the plate and and, and contributed to uh, to our campaign and he's made some telling contributions in the league and the champions league and hell you know we 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 did pay a lot of money for him but we we've you know we we've got so much of it back and uh, in that game alone uh, amongst others mm. but yeah fantastic it just an incredible night, though, guy. I mean, I must have watched that game back about three or four times. Um, I, I don't know. There's something about that game. I've seen that corner about a million times. <clears throat> yeah, um, you can't watch that corner enough. No, you can't. I mean, it, it's just funny because it's Divock Origi scoring the, <laughs> one of the most <laughs> important goals of the season. And Divock Origi was like, he yeah. was out the door in the summer. He was one foot out the door, and now he's now the funniest player in the world when he's not meaning to be funny. He's scoring goals to knock out Barcelona in one of the biggest turnarounds in European history. <laughs> that's just that's just mental. I love it. it. Is. I love it. 
And spoiler alert, we'll be ta- I'll be I'll be mentioning a bit more about that goal shortly. Oh. Um, final piece of business then for me. Um, City, obviously, they've done everything they needed to do. We've done everything we needed to do. They were a point ahead of us. They were going away to Brighton. We weren't expecting them to um, to lose or even draw. Um, but we had the tough task of Wolves, and and we we got the job done, guy. It, it wasn't vintage, but we got the job done. And for about what was it? About ten minutes. I can't tell you how I was feeling when when Brighton scored. I. I think I, I kind of lost control of myself. That 30-second spell when they were winning was the best 30 seconds of my life, I reckon. <laughs> the, the cruelest. Yeah. Someone was cruelly playing, playing yeah. a trick on us. That was footballing God just going, <laughs> look at these twats. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, our our performance against Wolves, it, it really it did just feel like an end-of-season game where Wolves obviously have nothing to play for. We had something to play for, but we didn't have control of the situation, so we kind of just got one, and then it ended up turning to two, and it was pretty much a job done as soon as we got one. Um, But yeah, I mean, that 30 seconds when Brighton were winning, oh my God, but as soon, <laughs> there was no chance that game was ever ending 1-1 as soon as... Um, as soon as Man City's gone, I'm sure many people felt the same as soon as Man City got the one, it turned into three, four, five. I can't remember what their score was, but I'm sure it was big. Um but yeah, it 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 was a season in the Premier League that deserved more. Being the third highest um points total in, in Premier League history minus the last two except the last two seasons, it it, it could only happen to Liverpool Football Club. I really want to know what Rafa did at halftime in Istanbul because it screwed us quite a bit now. <laughs> well, that yeah, I don't know. Maybe that that cruel sort of trick that they played on us for a few minutes of having Brighton lead before City come mm. back. Maybe maybe that was payback for us having that unbelievable comeback against Barcelona. Who knows? We need maybe, Robola to piss on the post. Yeah. we, we de- It's something definitely needs sort in it because it is the most Liverpool thing ever, isn't it? To to accumulate 97 points, the third highest total in Premier League history. Uh, I think in terms of a 38-game uh, season, the you know third highest ever. Yet... Uh, still not become champions because the the two teams that have uh, registered higher points were this season and last season, and they're both Man City. So, ah, oh, it's um, it's cruel, but uh, it's 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 difficult to put into words. So let's put it, it that really way. is stumbling for words. It it's just it's just a sensational achievement to to get there to do that. Yet. Obviously, there's the disappointment side of it where if you've got 95 points, you would expect to be champions, let alone 96 and 97. <laughs> so, yeah, just mad. But I've, I've on the on the other side of it, guy, is for me this doesn't feel like the 13-14 season where we went on that run to get you know to get ourselves into that position and it felt like all or nothing that if we didn't win it now. Who knows when we would win it again? This doesn't feel like that. It feels very, very much different to me. 
like this is the beginning for me right you know i really feel like we're building something rather than we've just you know everything's just happened to come nicely you know like a perfect storm yeah absolutely i mean 13 14 um i think we were built on quicksand not even sand i think that's where our foundations were there were we obviously had Luis Suarez who handed in a transfer request the summer previous and wanted to go to Arsenal. And we kind of promised him he could go, well, he could get a bigger club than Arsenal if he stayed another year. It turned out to be true, obviously. But he he was always leaving. He was probably the best player in the world, if not second to Messi. Maybe third to Ronaldo, I can't remember that far back. But he probably, he was definitely top three players in the world. He was undisputed best player in the Premier League. It wasn't close. Um, and he was leaving. Steven Gerrard, thirteen fourteen, seemingly was his last hurrah, his his last proper season. I know he wasn't; he still couldn't move in thirteen fourteen. But like, I think that it was such a draining season for him. So fourteen fifteen, he was pretty much done, and the rest of the squad was either really young, i.e., Sterling and Coutinho. Who had who had to step up? They tried their best, but I mean, they only could step up to a certain level because the supporting cast was a bit crap. Um, and yeah, I, I think we conceded fifty goals that season. So I don't know what our game plan was, but it was seemingly go from scoring a hundred goals but conceding fifty to try and limit that. And we didn't. Well, all we did was get in a worse centre back in Dejan Lovren and expected it to get fixed, which was not a good idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was such a thirteen fourteen was scarring. Whereas this one, <clears throat> it's obviously gutting we haven't won the um, won the league and so and so on. But you just look at it. There's no there's no player strike coming there's not well hopefully touch wood there's no well there's no player immediately going to leave that that we know of we knew Suarez was going I don't see a situation where Mo Salah's Yamane Yafamino Van Dijker etc is gonna do that in well not an obvious one but I, I, you just can't see it from any of them well I mean why obviously Real Madrid Barcelona have their own special lure as a football club but at the minute you could probably argue going to um, Barcelona because, well, they get a free league title every year and you get to play with Messi. But why would you go to Real Madrid over Liverpool at the minute? It, I think they're third. They've really struggled since Zidane came back. And, yeah, why would you go to them over us at the minute? Because we, we are in two consecutive Champions League finals. We've just got one of the best points totals in Premier League history. And... Well, Klopp hasn't lost a two-legged tie in Europe, so you yeah. know you're gonna, going you know, you, yeah, you know you're going to do well in the Champions League every year. Obviously, that'll be broken at some point. I hope it doesn't, but it will be at some point. But it, it we should be at least guaranteed second. I don't know that's a bit crap thing to say, but Man City will become humans once again. They must do. Yeah. They have to. Yeah, we'll 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 see how things go. So anyway, that was that was May. I know we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but you know that was May. So quickly then, our our monthly awards. So goal of the month for May, guy. Who did you have? Um, there's only one answer, isn't there? 
It's the There's corner. only one correct answer. The corner, Divo. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I loved I loved the element of shithousery to it because Trent walked away as though he wasn't going to be taking it and then ran over while they all turned their back and weren't looking at play. I, I absolutely love that. And the ball boy. Special mention. I can't remember his name. Hockey assist for the ball assist boy. For the ball boy. <laughs> Lads, they're being twat. Get it Side in the dish, if you're listening, <laughs> include ball boy in your stats, please. Yes, and that's his official name, ball boy. Not not <laughs> that cool name. <laughs> oh, it was it was just beautiful. It was wonderful, and it was. I mean, I I I coach at, at kids level, and as someone say to them, you know, you never never switch off, never turn your back on play, whether it's a throw in, free kick, goal kick corner, whatever it is, as soon as that ball goes out of play or the play stops, don't turn your back on play, don't switch off. And there we are. There's professionals at the highest level playing for arguably, what was arguably the best team in, in the world, turning their back on play and, t- and switching off. So they got everything they deserved. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kid level stuff. And Trent made them look like absolute children. And Divock Origi, I mean, it's not an easy goal. That's the thing. It's a brilliant finish. It's against one of the probably top three goalkeepers in the world. I mean, he's probably the best of a certain type. Um, and, yeah, he just made them look stupid. I mean, Piquet's had a bit of a renaissance, and people say he's one of the best centre-backs in the world. And they, I mean, Barca, they're just, I don't know what, they're just petulant is probably the word for it, and I love that goal. I can't even remember any other goal. But that is the best one. It just is. It just yeah, is. when when I die, what I want is I want, by that time, hopefully it's so far in the future, that they'll have created um, gravestones that have videos mm, that can play. Just a gif. And I, and I want a video of that goal playing on my gravestone. Just that as a gif on your gravestone. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> gif. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> what about player of the month then for me? Um, I think it has to be Trent. I didn't really give this much thought because I was thinking more about the season and stuff. But yeah. it just has to be Trent. I mean, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think he got, a, I think he got, two, I think he got one and a half assists in the Wolves game because one of them got chalked off because of crappy rules. Um, no, he, that was his assist. Yeah, I think. Well, we'll give, we'll give, what we'll give him that's him. his assist. Yeah, yeah we'll give, absolutely. we'll give them two. We'll give him two. But um, he obviously. Um, was brilliant against Wolves. He was brilliant against Barcelona. The fact he didn't play in the um, Camp Nou tie probably highlights it even more. We missed him so much in that game. Mm. And, yeah, he he was fantastic. And uh, um, Newcastle, I think he got assists as well. It was, yeah, it was, he had a little bit of a sticky, bit, uh, sticky patch in that game against Newcastle, mm. didn't he? But, uh, you know what? As brilliant as he was, and and Robbo played his part as well, is I want to give my final Player of the Month award to to someone who's who's really contributed in the second half of the season and really stepped up to the plate when we needed him, and and I thought he was individually he was brilliant throughout the month, and that's Joel Matip. So I, I'm going to give mine to Matip because I think he's. Yeah, on the whole, I know he's had a couple of dodgy games, but on the whole, he's been excellent. You know, we needed him mm. to to step in, uh, and he really has. I think he's been excellent, and he's and he's showed that he can be robust. He can, 
He can play more, and he's actually become a bit more aggressive as well, because that was something that was always missing from him. But uh, I, I think he's he's been excellent, and he's just missed out in recent awards for me. So I've got to give it to Matip for this month. Thing is, I don't even think he's had a couple dodgy games. <laughs> That's the thing. I think he's pretty much been seven out of ten bare minimum since he's played, and the only reason he's probably not in a shout for player of the season is that he hasn't played as much as uh, as other players. But he he's been. I mean, I'm not. If we if we did a most improved player of the year, there's literally only one answer, and that'd be him. Well, uh, we'll do that then. We'll, yeah. we'll just for you, first, guys, first guy. We'll do an award, yeah. We'll first do award. that award. Yeah, first award for Big Joel because he's been yeah. fantastic. I mean, I think I give him a special mention in the last two months. But yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. I mean, he was probably he was better than Van Dyke in the Barca away leg. I think it's fair to say. Um, didn't Lovren play against him? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Scratch that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in the other two games, he was fantastic. But yeah, fair. Sh- I think he's a fair shout for any month he's played in as number one centre back. I think very yeah. fair. Well, thing to say. I tell you what. Before we do our season review, then let's get let's get some awards, shall we? Or do you want to do, do you want to look back on the season and then give out the awards? Which one do you want to do? Oh, we started with the Joel most improved one, so we might as well finish him off. Yeah, okay, so most improved player for the season, you said Joel Matip. I've got to go with that. I think that's that's a great shout. So we, we put out there player of the season. Now, uh, Van Dijk obviously won the PFA player of the season award and he's won the uh, Premier League player of the season award. Was was Virgil van Dijk your player of the season? Do you know it's weird, Andy? I, haven't, I don't think I've given player of the month once. <laughs> but I... <laughs> You can't give it to anyone else. He's, I mean, I don't think I've given him it once. But no, I think probably, I might have given him it yeah. once. I'd, I'd actually have to go back through and check. But yeah. Yeah, he's been one of them where he's been, yeah. he'd been be second or third every month if he's not first. Yeah, exactly. It's that consistency exactly. level, isn't it? Exactly. I think like the first couple months, it was literally a straight fight between Joe Gomez and Van Dyke. But I bit Gomez because he was like new and shiny. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think Van Dyke's probably been top three every month. So it has to be him. And looking back, it's stupid I haven't given Player of the Month, but it, undisputed best player for us this season. I don't. I think he's had like half a bad game when he was ill, and I can't even remember it. <laughs> I just remember him having a bit of an iffy game where he was probably like a six out of ten. It's just, it's just un. It's just unheard of levels of consistency we we've not had at centre back. Yeah, in my I lifetime, mean, it, it, you you know it's only fair to say yeah he hasn't been completely flawless. He's had you know there's a, there's been two or three goals where he could have done a lot better from maybe one where you could con, uh, attribute to him. But hell, you know <clears throat> the amount of games we've played this season and how good we've been, you know it's gonna happen. Even the very, very best. Look, we've seen a Messi there, you know, the best player in the world, you know, not sticking away every chance. So the the levels he's performed at and on the difference he's made to our defence, the leadership, everything, he's just been sensational. Unbelievable levels of consistency. Uh, been, a, been a tremendous player this season and then fully deserves the award. Um, young player of the year. Now, 
the the only difficulty I had here, guy, was um, coming up with contenders. <laughs> <laughs> All I could come up with was Trent and Joe Gomez, and and obviously, if Gomez had stayed fit, we would have had, you know, an interesting battle for this. But the fact that Gomez was missing in from December onwards means that um, certainly on our Twitter poll, Trent Alexander-Arnold got 100% of the votes and uh, I don't think there's anyone else to give it to, is there? Other than under the PFA regulations, I'm sure James Milner could have been included in the list. I think Robertson probably count if we go actually serious. I think he'd probably still count. I'd still give it to Trent because he's actually, like, you know, young. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it, it's Trent. It's undisputed, Trent. It's a real shame Gomez got injured because, as I mentioned, he was on a level, if not on a higher level, than Van Dyke in some games. And they were they were becoming the best centre-back partnership in the world, if not one of our best in, in well, my time supporting the club. It It's just a shame he got injured, but he, Trent is just undisputed in this case just because of Gomez's injury, but... This time next year, Andy, when we're talking about this, I hope there's a big, big discussion. Because if Gomez stays fit for a whole season and can re-overtake um, Matty, that's going to be one hell of a discussion. Yeah. And obviously, De Ligt is, um, is, is only 19, so you know, we'll have him mm. in the uh, the conversation as well, won't we? And yeah. what about Mbappé? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, he's absolutely. only young, you know. <laughs> Uh, of it, yeah. Well, I mean, those two you would you would expect next season. Certainly, like you say, if 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 Gomez stays fit, they're both fit and they play regular. It should be a tremendous battle, and and who knows who might emerge, who who might get brought into things. A Brewster, hopefully, we might see him. Mm. Who knows what might happen there, and who knows what happens in terms of any signings in the summer. So, yeah, it's. It, but you would certainly expect them two to be in the reckoning next year, which is, you know, it, again, it, it's exciting times for the club. Um, moving on to goal of the season, then. This this was a tough one, wasn't it? Because there was just so many great goals through this the, this calendar year. I mean, through the season, I should say. Um, the, the club, on their official Twitter account, tweeted out a video of all 89 Premier League goals, and it took like over four minutes to watch them. There were so many, and there is just some unbelievable strikes in there. But on Twitter, we narrowed it down to picking between um, Sturridge's goal against Chelsea, Mo Salah's goal against Chelsea, uh, Sadio Mane's back heel against Watford, and asked for some other um, suggestions. I mean, obviously, there's the corner, which we love. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some suggestions in there. Uh, Vinaldum's header against Barcelona. I mean, that was, you know, excellent. Um, Firmino against City away from home. Now, as a few people have mentioned that one, that that was a great team goal, that one. Um, there's also Mane's goal away to Bayern. You know, just there's so many great goals this season. It's difficult to, it was difficult to pick, you know, to narrow it down to just a few. It really was. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Firmino against Arsenal there, where he sat down eight oh, people. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, yeah. The musical chairs, and the music stopped, and mm. they all sat down, and he ran through and scored. Oh, that was a brilliant goal. I love that goal. It was just funny how many people were literally in the box on the floor, and it just summed up how crap Arsenal are defensively. <laughs> uh, but, 
for me, I love a Thunder Bastard. I'm not about this team goal nonsense, unless it's like next level stuff. But I, I love a Thunder Bastard. So that leaves me with two. Um, and for a player which has turned out to kind of be a final goodbye, I suppose, I'm going to have to go with Sturridge. Because it's probably his last big moment in a Liverpool shirt. He didn't play as much as he should have done after that point, in my opinion. And for that to be... I don't think he scored another Premier League goal. Um, But if he did, anyway, this will be the last one people remember. It's just such a... It obviously wasn't important at the end because we didn't win the title and stuff. But it, it was such an important point at that stage in the season. We were not scoring a normal goal in that game. And I don't think anyone else in the squad could have scored that goal. He placed that bastard right in the postage stamp. Top right. Beauty. I don't think anyone else could has the technical ability to do that, especially on a left foot, curling away from the goalkeeper. Kepper, most expensive goalkeeper in the world. Really good goalkeeper. Not as good as Arsene. <laughs> but he's just got to add that in every time you talk about a goalkeeper now. But it's just... It's just... A, it's almost sad in a way of what Sturridge could have been because he was under Rodgers and stuff. He was such an important player and he was kind of mismanaged with his injury. I think he was misdiagnosed and stuff. I mean, I can't remember that well. But he should have been one of the best number nines in the world and that was just kind of a a little memoriam of what a player he should have been. Yeah, it was it that was a beautiful goal that he scored top corner, you know, from distance. And like you said, it wasn't just whelped in it it was placed. But just a tremendous goal from Daniel Sturridge. And and I mentioned the 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 uh, the Mane back heel against Watford just cuz it was it was just so wonderful and it was so impish. It was it was fabulous. But I I I've got to go with the the, uh, the goal that actually won the won the votes it got 69% of the votes which was more Salah's against Chelsea just because it was such an amazing strike it it, it was wow it, in terms of the technique and, and the way that the ball barely moved in the air that goal against Chelsea and the fact that it was against Chelsea <laughs> they give him so much shit so I've gone for I've gone the obvious route and I've gone for the Salah one, but um, it, it's nice again, guy, isn't it? Much like the last couple of seasons where you've got a good handful of goals to pick from in terms of a goal of the season and some real, real contenders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we need more Thunder Bastards, though. I mean, that's only two I can think of. We need more. I'm expecting Fabinho to score like at least from 50 yards next season. <laughs> and- I need more it, of them in my life. In terms of goals, then here's one for you, an extra one to throw in. Celebration of the season, goal celebration of the season. Um, anyone that um, immediately springs to mind in, in terms of your celebrations? Divock Origi v Everton, not celebrating because he was confused as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was... Um, I, I've never laughed and cheered at the same time in the way that I did on that goal. That was, that. My I think my body was slightly confused. I was so busy laughing at Pickford and cheering <laughs> the goal at the same time. I was, I was simultaneously laughing and cheering. It was, it, it was a 
quite a bizarre experience. That that was something else. But I think we we must mention uh, that that um, that mad as a box of frogs a box of frogs guy that we have up front, <laughs> Roberto Firmino. Um, when it comes to celebrations, is there anyone in the world quite like Firmino? The eye patch celebration, <laughs> everything, everything, no look finishes. Yeah. Um, yeah, copying other people, kicking in the air, doing all it's just insane, and we love him for it. Oh, we've got more Zen celebration, if that's the right term, against Chelsea, where he did his yoga pose. Oh, oh yeah, there, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, Origi again v Barcelona. I, I thought that I'd get disallowed, then I thought I'd get allowed, then I was kind of just in limbo, half dead. I that was probably the goal that confused me the most and the players. It was just oh, that you got to bring that. I think we'll bring that goal up every ten minutes on a podcast now. But <laughs> yeah, just, it's got to be Divokarigi for me, just not knowing how to celebrate a goal. All oh, right, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's nice to give Divi some uh, some love and appreciation. Well, I mean, there's another one in terms of most improved. I mean, you've given mm. it to Matip already, but. Divi, you know, for his contributions, like your special mention award, it's yes. Divi's re- given us really stepped up and and given us some great moments, hasn't he? So, um, you think he's got to stay on next season and continue to be this mad super sub, and um, when we need something out of nothing, we we call on Divi. I really hope so. I'm still not over Colo Toure leaving the leaving the club. And I finally found a replacement as a hero. But, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it just depends if he actually wants to go play football, I suppose. But yeah, I really hope he stays. Right, well, a final award then for this season. Now, who do you think has been the best signing from last summer? Uh, in in the nominations, we've got Alison Fabinho, Shakiri, and Naby Keita. And I know Naby Keita, look, he started like a house on fire, then was having some issues, uh, was out of the team. He had a few injury issues, been in and out of the team. Um, started to see him come into it towards the end and unfortunately got injured. Uh, and I do think we'll start to see the best from him next season onwards. But I think what I'd, I'd say on this one, guys, I think if you pulled this at different points of the season, you would get different, um, you know, you get vastly different answers to the responses to this. And, and I think that kind of tells the tailors how all the signings have played their part at different stages of the season. Like, say, if, you, if you'd have pulled this in maybe November, Shakiri would have won this hands down. Mm. But come the end of the season, I mean, throughout the season as well, you know, once he came into the team, Fabinho, I mean, he, you could easily make a case for him. But the the overall winner on the poll was 67% was Allison. And and as I mentioned, you know, in, in our road to the, in our route to the final of the Champions League, Allison's played a key key role in that, and then you start to look back to things like that game will get away to where Burnley, where he makes that save, starts the counter attack, and to you know where we could have been two two, suddenly it's three one. You know he he's made some telling contributions. So um, it and nice and it is nice again, nice that we can make a case for everybody here. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think it. I don't even think it's between two, really. I think it just has to be Allison because he's played all season. But if we, as you mentioned, it depends on the time we did did the poll and stuff like that. Well, if you were just judging 
December onwards, I think it has to be Fabinho. Because he has been next level. He's, I think he's not had a bad... I don't think he's had a bad game. I think the Arsenal game, he was a bit iffy in parts, but I think he recovered quite well. But other than that, I think he's been pretty damn amazing. He's just... He just... Man has legs like that and can tackle from anywhere. It's it's amazing. <laughs> and and he's added the aggression to his game as well, hasn't he? He looked quite placid early in early uh, in, in the early games. But in recent in recent months he does seem to have really added a degree of aggression to his game. And maybe that's mm. what Klopp's working on, you know, in, in terms of not having him, you know, into the team like immediately is they wanted some some extra bits from him and maybe that aggression was a part of it because it does seem to just add a different dimension to our team, doesn't it? Uh, I think at the start he was kind of treated as just another one of our workhorse midfielders where he'd kind of do his part defensively but he'd also have to get forward and, and, and stuff like that. Whereas in this last stretch of the game, I think Klopp's just went, you're a defensive midfielder, go defend. And since that point, I mean, he was brilliant as just one of the other midfielders. But since he just went, you defend, and then people can watch the wide areas, and then you just do whatever, he has just bulldozed anyone, any level. I mean, he battered Messi, he battered Suarez. That's two... Well, Messi's the best player in the world, if not the best player in history. Suarez, one of the best number nines in the world, even though a bit past his best. Destroyed him. Um, and... Yeah, he just he just has everything. And he can pass the ball, I mean, against Man United with that beautiful assist for Mane. It's just he's just a player we've not I don't even think you can say Mascarano was this type of player. I mean Mascarano wasn't terrible on the ball or anything like that, but Fabinho has everything. He has size, he has speed, he can I mean, he can play full-back, for God's sake. We've seen him <laughs> not play there, but he can take up those areas where he takes on a full-back or a winger or whatever. Yeah. It's just He just does everything. And, I mean, this this kind of sounds like I'm giving him the award, but not Alisson, I mean, for the reasons we mentioned earlier in the podcast. But Fabinho, Alisson, I mean, 10 out of 10 signings. Shaq, probably 7 out of 10 for his early um, impact in the, in the season pre-winter. And Naby... As you said earlier, we're going to see the best of him next season because he's had two spells this this season where he was brilliant. The start of the season and the period before he got injured, he was turning, he was turning into a unique player, similarly to how I just described Fabinho. Yeah, uh, and there's well, there's the thing, you know, the award if you compartmentalise it up to December, Shakiri would have won it. December onwards, you'd say Fabinho, but over the full season, Allison. And that is refreshing. And like you say, in patches there, and certainly towards the end, we saw the glimpses of why Naby Keita <clears throat> would have, if he, you know, if he was on it all season, why he would have been in the reckoning as well. So again, yeah, it just pays pays homage to uh, to our recruitment nowadays. So yeah, it, it's a nice way to uh, to appreciate a lot of the things that we've done this season, a lot of the contributions that different players have made. And, and obviously a bit of fun. And thank you to everyone who's who's um, participated in it and got involved and cast their votes. So uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a season. I mean, you know, just to just to summarise the season, I mean, ninety-seven points, the Champions League final. It, it's it, 
it's easy to say and all that, but you know, could you honestly have imagined this that, that we would be in this position now? Um, not at all. I mean, we went from I know we got to a Champions League final, and and we looked like we kind of screwed off the league towards the end and just wanted to get top four and then focus on the Champions League. But to make up twenty odd points. Uh, I think it was more than that. I think it was 25 more points. And still get to a Champions League final. It's just it's just a level of improvement that um, I, just, I just didn't think was possible. Because we haven't... I know we've added quite a lot to the um, starting 11 with the, with the lads we just mentioned, but we haven't added that much to the squad. I mean, Shaqiri's yeah. probably a squad player. But, but it's, and then it's yeah. Van Dyke that we added in mm. halfway through last season, uh, and you know you look at it statistically. You know we've only conceded twenty two goals in the league. Was it twenty one clean sheets for Allison, um, Mane and and uh, and Sadio Mane and Mo Salah both uh, scoring twenty two league goals, being joint top scorers in the Premier League, obviously along with Aubameyang. Yeah, you, you know there's <laughs> we, we're We've done so many good things. And and I think it's probably fair to mention as well, isn't it, Guy, that early in the season we were defending well, but it was almost like we were concentrating a bit too much on the defending and we lost a bit of our attacking impetus. But then we got, do you remember, we got into December and we just, it, everything's just seemed to click. We were we were combining the defending along with the attacking. You know, and you think a couple of seasons ago we could either defend or we could attack. We couldn't seem to do either, you know, both of them. Like put both together. Now, now we seem to be able to do both. And the second half of the season, we've just kicked on. It's almost like that. Uh, you moving into the the knockout stages of the Champions League. <laughs> like that's it. Then you know, just banging goals in left, right, and centre, scoring goals. You know, keeping so many clean sheets, being looking defensively strong. For me, I'm. <sighs> I, I th- when I look at this season, I, we, we've made so much progress. We've improved so much, but I feel like we're not even at our peak. And, and we might not. It doesn't mean that we're going to score more points next season. But I feel like, uh, as a team, the way that we've progressed, what I started to see in in the latter stages of this season was something that I haven't seen for decades. And that was a real steely belief within that squad that if they're getting beat, they 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 can come back. Whether they're two goals down, they can come back. If it's 1-1 with 89 minutes, we can get a winner. You know, they just, they don't know when they're beaten, this team. They don't panic. They don't know when they're beaten. And again, another statistic, you know, we, we, we scored more goals after 75 minutes than anybody else in the league. And, you know, that that's not luck. Nothing to do with luck at all. It's It's just a real belief that I've seen come throughout this season that I haven't seen in decades and it, and it really gives me an, an awful lot of hope for this for the year future yeah I mean it's 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 something I've not seen I mean Rafa had a bit of steeliness about him but we kind of struggled for the balance between attack and defend I mean we did at times when Gerard and Torres were absolutely at the peak we, we could batter anything um but this one, I think we could take on any team and 
lure them away, not just go for a cheeky 2-0, 2-1 and hold on. I think we could blow away any team um, and obviously, well, be shown that against Barcelona. I mean, they're not the best team defensively, but we absolutely battered them. And we competed, even though we lost 3-0, we competed. We we shown them, we shown up their weaknesses. And Man City aside, we've pretty much battered ev- most teams this season. Maybe Everton, we, a couple KG games there. Yeah, but, but that, that's, there's something just, as well, yeah. sorry to put in there. I mean, there's something, you know, it's easy to, to be churlish and to look back on performances like, you know, away to Everton, away to Man United, um, early in the new year, you know, the, them, the consecutive draws with Leicester and West Ham and say, oh, that's where we lost the league. But every team's going to have blips. I mean, Man City lost four games and we only lost the one. You know, they, they had that, was it back-to-back where they lost to Palace and they lost to Newcastle? Mm. You know, our, we that's where we'd had our bit of a blip, where our confidence wasn't sort of flowing too much, but we were still eking out results. And and yeah, we weren't losing. We were maybe drawing where we should have won, but we weren't losing games. So we'd had a bit of a blip. So it's easy to look back and say, oh, oh, if we'd have done this, oh, if we'd have done that. But you you never have the perfect season. I mean, bloody hell, 97 points is 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 pretty damn close to perfect, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, every team screws up against smaller teams. I think it it feels weird saying it now. But maybe our—I don't even think it's a rivalry. It's kind of turning into a rivalry with the weird fan base arguments and stuff like that. But I always thought of our games as Manchester City, as they'd just be a bit of fun. Whereas I'd still think Man United is probably our biggest game of the season. But now I think you just got to look at the head—the head-to-head games against Man City. We can't lose them games I mean I mean, I don't want to go into any game saying we'll, we'll draw it or, or going in for a draw unless it's like a, a two-legged tie or whatever but the loss against Man City I know we had that clearance off the line and it was however many millimetres or whatever but the games against Man City are just growing in importance now and I think it may have took me a while to realise that but we, our games against Man City are almost must must win I mean, we have to win one of them. That's probably that's probably the biggest letdown for us this season because there's every team has a blip, but against Man City, we should have we should have won one of them games, I think, and that would have been made a huge difference. Yeah, I I mean, I do at the time remember being a bit um, frustrated by the approach that we took because we went to Man City at the time. Man City had, had lost a couple of games. We'd been on a great run, and, and we I felt like we we went in a little bit too negative and kind of, you know, gave them the impetus. And and I think that pretty much the same earlier in the season when we went away to Arsenal, I felt that we, you know, we really could have attacked them and, mm. and would have beat them. And, um, and I think the likes of the Man U game will, you know, I think it's kind of the timing at, at that particular time, Man United were high on confidence and doing well. We weren't in a great flow form. Had we played a couple months later, I think we would have battered them. But and but that's you know that's just the the ebbs and flows of, of a season where you know it, it's it's either good or bad fortune that the, the timing of fixtures where you 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 happen to get a team who are in the middle of a run or 
you know they're doing well or not doing well or and vice versa so um but again it's it's hard to be churlish across this full season i i, I think on the whole it's been an incredible season it, it's been absolutely fantastic level of consistency great performances throughout the campaign and and like you say i feel like we've really stepped up there's there's a real belief in there that that i haven't seen for decades like i said and that that really does give me the hope that this is a team that are ready to go on and win trophies and and obviously re-record this before the champions league final uh, and you know guy i kind of feel that 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 final itself could be um, a, a real sort of pivotal game in terms of where this team goes next because if we win that if we were to win that Champions League final against Spurs this for me could be the start for this team that they they just need to get over the line and once they do get over the line I've got you feel as though the next two three years they can have more trophy they you know they can go on and just keep winning trophies yeah I mean I bloody well hope so I, this is a game we have to win I mean, you can kind of not accept the word I'm going to use, but it feels like the wrong word. You can accept losing to Real Madrid, who obviously won the the Champions League um, two two years in a row before we played them. You can you can kind of accept losing to that into a Champions League final, given the circumstances of a concussion and Salah's injury and stuff. Fair enough, but we're going against Spurs. I, I don't have the table in front of me, but we finished a million points in front of them in the Premier League. <laughs> it's their first Champions League final. Harry Kane's not going to be anywhere near 100% fit. The, if we lose to Spurs, can you imagine the backlash? <laughs> I can't be dealing with that crap, so we have yeah, to win this game. Is... We have to win it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, I think it, it could be a springboard for the future, but yeah... Look, it's been an incredible season. We've had so many highlights. Um, nice to give out all them different awards for from great performances, great goals, everything in there. A lot. It's been it's been a real roller coaster, and most of it on the way up as well. So, uh, time for us to to pick out our other bits and pieces. Then, as as time runs starts to run out on this podcast, um, what about the academy guy? What kind of year has it been for the for the academy? Um, looks like a good one, really. Um, I'll start with the um, under twenty threes. Um, we finished fourth in quite. It looked like quite a competitive one, uh, competitive league. Everton won that one, um, and our Arsenal came second, and Brighton came third, but we came fourth. Um, but that that's quite interesting considering the amount of players we have on loan and stuff like that. I mean, Harry Wilson was a huge part of that team last season. Uh, we haven't really had a striker all season, which is quite interesting to do that well without him. But no, I mean, fourth with a team that probably a bit struggles, struggle for go- probably goals more than anything. Um, it's just, it's just a bit, it need. I think there's obviously the, um, they've announced who's going to be released and stuff like that. I think it needs a bit of an injection of, of fresh blood in there. And I think we started seeing that process this season. I think the under-18s, who I'll get onto in a sec, um, they they can inject that. And I think we may suffer a bit in terms of physicality and stuff, but in terms of the actual talent of players, 
um, it'll improve. I think Rafa Camacho was the standout player. I mean, I had a little glance at the stats the other day. I think he, he was the one who was head and shoulders above everyone, but it'll be interesting to see the development of under-18 players going to under-23s, like your Bobby Duncans and stuff like that. And um, Yeah, Yeah. so you think Paul Glatz or Bobby Duncan will, will be stepping up to under-23 level next? Um, uh, then They won the, the Youth FA Cup, didn't they? Yeah, they won the uh, FA Youth Cup. I don't think I don't think we've done that for bloody well long time. Um, and even even in the league, we finished on the same points as Derby, who won won the North section. Um, they obviously just had a better goal difference, which is unfortunate. So I mean, again, that's very impressive. I mean, fifty one points is what we finished on joint with Derby. And just for a bit of context, I mean, Arsenal got. 60 in the South Division and Tottenham got 56. So it might not be that impressive, but it might mean the North's a bit tougher. Uh, probably is looking at the teams there. But yeah, it's just... Um, it's a real good season for the under-18s, and it's a really, really, really um, talented crop of players. I mean, Bobby Duncan and Glatz will get, get the headlines, but there's, there's, a few, there's a few more in there, I'm sure... I think Isaac Christie Davis, who's been involved with the squad a bit, I think he, he I think he's more under twenty threes towards the end. He's quite impressive, um, but yeah, the, the the two strikers are probably the ones you see making the biggest, the biggest jump um, in in terms of uh, going to the under twenty three because that's that's what they need, I think. Mm. So uh, I mean, obviously, like we've spoken at length about, you know, it's it's exciting times ahead for the for the first team going into next season. It could be interesting times as well for the academy, seeing some of these talented under 18s moving up under the twenty the uh, under twenty three level to how see how they take that next stage in their development and and who who can step up in in their absence in the under eighteen level next season as well. So you know, th- things looking bright throughout the club. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just just got a bit, got to build on the success. I mean, we're not, we're a club who's, we don't bring through players every every year, do we? I mean, Trent's probably the first one. I mean, if we if we do count Sterling, I mean, Sterling and Trent are the first one since Gerard, aren't they? Really? Mm. So it's not it's not something we've done, but I think we need to get back to them ways. I mean, Brewster looks like. Well, he got. A, I think he got assured that he'd get at least a decent amount of minutes to show what he's about, or he would have buggered off to Germany. So I think we'll see more of yeah. him. Um, we had Rafa Camacho on. Well, we had him playing against in the cup games, didn't we? It might it'd be interesting if he does stay, but obviously Link will move to Portugal and and stuff like that. Um, Harry Wilson, obviously an academy graduate, will be interesting to see what we do after his loan at Derby. Um, and then if um some of the young younger lads get get some game time, I mean people have been asking for Adam Lewis to get the um, backup left back spot. I mean we could probably throw that Larucci in there as well, who impressed in that in Cup Final. I remember we talking about last show, so it'd be quite yeah. Interesting I was impressed see. by him. Yeah, yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see who does make the jump up and who'll get probably those um. Well, if if it's still going to be the Carabao Cup next season, who who gets their minutes that um in a year's time or in a few yeah. months' time? Yeah, uh, and just briefly on the LFC women, I mean Vic, Vicky Jepson took over there, and it was um a real year of transition for LFC women, but things do seem to have stabilised. So hopefully things will be more positive on that side of things for the club next season as well. Um, what what about the fantasy then, guy? Um, who ended up winning the the fantasy leagues? Because um. 
I, I, I didn't do too well. Yeah, um, in the public league, um, Andy Mason won with a score of 2,480, which Good. is a lot it's nearly as impressive of It's <laughs> nearly as impressive as 97 points. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably probably more impressive. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's battered me and you. Um, just a real sociopath. That's his, that's his, that's him again. That, that's who finished. And Richard Merritt. I got to mention him. I think he was winning like every month to like April, and he's ended up finishing fourth. So he's done a Spurs there. I was just gonna say he's done a Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richard, if you're listening. Uh, bless you. Uh, oh dear. But in terms of the contributors' league, I'm fairly sure Simon Dowling won that because he's fought, he's third in the public league, and he got two thousand four hundred and twenty. So mm. yes, yes. I, yes. I left I left my charge a little bit too late, unfortunately. Let's see where I did. Let's see where I came. I came seventh in the. Uh, I come back twenty fifth, so yeah, I was a little bit too late. I, I barely, in all honesty, at first half of the season, I barely touched it. I kept forgetting about it. Twenty so sixth. I'll, I'll try and take it a bit more seriously next year and see what happens there. You beat Ali um, Thompson, who is in the who actually does the podcast, so he should be ashamed. Yes, <laughs> I, I was good at it once. You know, I was good at it once, but I'll try a bit harder next year. Honestly, I'll actually mm. try. Good man. Um. Like trivia, uh, only a few bits of trivia for your birthdays throughout uh, the summer. So uh, June, we've got June the 15th, Mo Salah's birthday. He turns 27. The day after, it's Jurgen Klopp's birthday. And he'll be 52. And then the day after that, on the 17th, it's Jordan Henderson's birthday, and he turns 29. So three birthdays in three days within the squad. And moving into July... Um, they share a birthday with me, and that is uh, Dayan Lovren and Albi Moreno. And uh, Mar- Lovren turns thirty on the fifth of July, and Moreno will be twenty-seven. That young kid Moreno is going to be twenty-seven, hitting his peak. He's um, ready to take the world so, by storm. Yeah, I, w- I wonder who he'll have signed for by that time. And last birthday of the summer within the squad is on the 8th of July, and that's Virgil van Dijk, who will turn 28. So uh, a happy birthday in advance to all them guys. And then once we come back for the next the next time round on the res review, we'll have some other ones ready. Um, so then, predictions, Guy. Our final mm. thing of predictions for the season. And it was Premier League only. So uh, Liverpool, Newcastle. Castle, you went for a 2 0 win. I went for a 2 1 win, and it was 3 2. So we both got one point each. And then against Wolves, you went for 1 0. I went for 2 1, and it was 2 0. So we both got one point each. So in the end, you got 30 points, and I, sorry, you got 38 points, and I got 30 points. So you averaged a point a game. So that's not too bad. And I was less than that. So so you've won the, the inaugural um, predictions head-to-head league. So um, will will you win it next season? Here's your first prediction then. Are you going to win it next season? I'm a confident man, Andy. Yeah. I'm going to um, win it. 
and and I've got to start competing with you in the FPL as well then and see who's going to finish higher this uh, next season. Um let's let's make a couple of predictions ahead of next year then. Next season, do you see Liverpool winning a trophy next year? Um yes. I won't say which trophy, but I'll say we'll win a trophy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll agree with that. And what in terms of signings then? What what? Because the next time we come back for the res review, it will be at the end of July. So by which time we'll be getting ready for the for the new season, start making our predictions for matches and whatnot, and we'll be looking at hopefully look being able to look back at some signings that we'll have already made by that point. Uh, do do you see much business being done this summer, or just a little bit? Um, not loads. I think we need to probably add, not starters, I think we'll add maybe one starter in terms of um, attacking midfield, or maybe someone who's like a project to, to kind of get, he'll be, he'll be a starter by January, is probably the best way to say it. Um, but in there, I think we'll get a rotation option for the forward line, and then I think it'll be mostly about depth, because I think that's what separates us mainly with Man City, is the depth issue. But I think we'll get an attacking midfielder and a versatile forward as the most expensive ones. Uh, what about defensive then? Because I, I know you've, you've got a deep love for Albi Moreno, He's going to be out of contract. Obviously, Sturridge is going to be out of contract, so we're expecting those two to leave. Um, we've, there's been, obviously, Diane Lovren. There's certainly been issues with performance-wise. A, a, lot, a lot of people have issues with his performances. But his injuries as well, um, he's dropped down the pecking order. Do you do you see him moving on this summer and, uh, and us looking for another centre-back to to really sort of push Matip and Gomez, who who can be a regular partner to, to Van Dijk and maybe actually be able to get give Van Dijk a rest here and there? For me, I'd love that to happen, but Klopp has a weird fetish for Dejan. So maybe we'll sign a young centre-back, but we'll end up keeping Lovren. I mean, I hope that's not the case, but I think... I think we'll probably keep Lovren, unfortunately, but I think we may end up signing a centre back because I think I think Matip's contract's near the end, and I imagine Lovren's is as well. So maybe we kind of look for the natural successor to have, say, if we had um, have Jan Hoover, okay, Jan Hoover, and then another young one, and then Gomez, and then Van Dijk will be in probably in his thirties by the time um, Key is ready. Um, I think we'll have a good young crop of centre back, so I think we might add one, but maybe not lose one. Yeah. So, do you think we'll sign a a big name player, so to speak, you know, make make a big money sign in the season uh, this summer? Well, and like say forty million plus, I reckon we will. Why yeah. not? I think it'll only yeah. be the one rather than like the five we did last season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And a final one then. Do you see any of the youngsters breaking into the squad next season? Then into the main squad. Um. I think Brewster will. I think Klopp really likes him. I can't see many other than that unless we kind of just screw off the left-back um, back up and kind of use Milner as that. Maybe one of the young left-backs I mentioned earlier and be very, very rare in the squad. But I think I think Brewster's the one who'll definitely get... Probably be the primary Bobby back up if, if Klopp's as hot, as him, hot on him as um, he was rumoured to be before his injury. So I think Bruce will be the one. I can't really see much beyond that. Maybe a backup goalkeeper out of Grabauer and Kelleher, but uh, not much out. Uh, not much else out of that. 
Okay, and, and my, my final thing to you then is this 2018-19 um, season for Liverpool, what would you give it in terms of a, a rating out of 10? Oh, just the Premier League. Um, because I got maybe I'll add on like another ten out of the ten, out of the rating I'll give, but I'll say I'll say nine out of ten because I don't think you can give a ten without winning it. But yeah, we're gonna do much more. But if we get yeah. if we get the Champions League, it'll definitely be a ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think exactly right in terms of the domestic. Uh, well, in terms of the Premier League season, it is a nine out of ten. The only thing it was missing was the actual trophy. But yeah, a Champions League, if we add that to it, uh, for me, it would be a 9 out of 10 season. It's just been incredible. So, um, I mean, in, in terms of the Champions League final, I know we've spoken about that. Um, we won't go into detail here because um, for all your build-up, uh, myself and Guy will be on the, the Champions League preview podcast that will be coming out in the week leading up to the Champions League final in Madrid. Uh, there'll also be plenty of other stuff available for your Anf- on Anfield Index. Uh, over on Anfield, uh, over on AI Pro, you'll have uh, Moby on the spot. So Trev Downey will be talking to Jan Moby, and they'll be talking about the, the whole lead up to the Champions League final. And I'm sure they'll be talking about it afterwards as well. Always great to get the insight from from Jan. Uh, there'll be a scouted with uh, Dave Hendrick and Carl Matchett leading up to the final. They always do great stuff on there. Uh, in the immediate aftermath, you want reaction to the final. There'll be the the usual post match show on AI Pro, the the Raw, which is a must listen. It always is. It's always great. Uh, and there'll also be obviously there'll be the Tactics podcast. Uh, Nina will be doing a Euro Incision podcast and uh, the Under Pressure podcast. They're all going to be covering the final, uh, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of other stuff around it as well. And and articles, everything to get involved with, rate don't hate, and all them kind of things. There'll be so much going on at uh, Anfield Index and AI Pro you know get yourself subscribed get a, get a free month make the most of it there's there's be so much great contact going on um so th- that's it guy i mean do you, do you feel optimistic going into the final very briefly then optimism tinged with dread <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it uh, and we'll go into that in more depth in the actual preview podcast but um I mean that's it for this this um, this first well end for this season this in this new format of the Res Review with with me and you guy have you enjoyed this year of audio magazine podcasts? Yeah, absolutely. Especially after I've won the predictions, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to let you win it the first year, so uh, you know, just you know, I just like just let you win it, and then no. I'll smash it. I'll smash it next year. Yeah, anyway. I hope you do. I need a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. I'm going to do Man City. I'm going to buy all the best predictions. <laughs> anyway, look, um, from myself and Guy, it's it's a big, big thank you to everyone who's listened throughout the season, everyone who's contributed to all the podcasts with, um, with your tweets, um, taking part of the polls, getting back to us on various different things. Okay, we do appreciate it. It's been a hell of a season for Liverpool Football Club and and hopefully it's not the end of it. Hopefully on June the 1st, we will be celebrating number six. But uh, as we said, you know, that this is the last Res Review Audio magazine for this season. We will be back at the end of July to uh, to review the summer and look ahead to the, the brand new season, get our predictions in early. Obviously, I'll take an early lead in that league. But anyway... 
for now, from myself and from Guy, it's a big, big thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, stay tuned to Anfield Index for all the various build-up and um, reaction to the Champions League po- uh, Champions League final. Good luck to, to Liverpool in the final. But until next season, from myself and Guy here at the Red Review, it's bye-bye now. Network.